Welcome to the Lions Podcast. My name is Matt Brown, joined as always by Stephen Andrus. We are going to talk a little AFC East for you, give you the up, down, and everything in between as to how this thing might shake out for these teams. Of course, as always, everything we do, absolutely free. So if you are listening to us on audio only, if you want to go down, subscribe, rate, review, you can hit that little five stars. That would be really, really awesome. If you're watching us on YouTube, hello, how you doing uh, down below? Give us a little subscribe on there again, everything we do. Absolutely free. So, Stephen, AFC East, of course, one of the more interesting divisions in all of football this year with the arrival of Aaron Rodgers. There's going to be a ton of emphasis on Jets games this year. There's going to be a ton of digital ink spilled writing about whether he does or does not propel this team into stardom. And as we look, just kicking things off here from a Super Bowl perspective, the Bills, the Jets, and the Dolphins are all one of your kind of short shot teams here to get it done from a Super Bowl perspective. The Bills coming in at nine to one, the Jets coming in at 18 to one and the Dolphins coming in at 22 to one. Now we do have the Patriots way down at 65 to one, but three of the four kind of short ish shots here, you know, sub 20 to one all from the same division. Yeah, for sure. I mean, obviously the Buffalo Bills make sense as one of the top or second tier if you're going to put the Chiefs in that top tier alone. The the Jets odds have shortened considerably from offseason bets that have come in on them on, on longer numbers with all the rampant Aaron Rodgers speculation. So if you think you're getting value on betting the Jets now at shorter than 20 to 1 to win the Super Bowl, I would argue against that opinion. And then the Miami Dolphins, we saw a bit of their ceiling last year. I think Mike McDaniel's a sharp coach. We'll get into more about some of the additions that they made this offseason on the coaching staff in particular was the big thing for me. Uh, But a lot of this, Matt, is going to be how confident are you that Tua doesn't have another season-ending concussion this year. It really comes down to that. We can talk more about what's going on with the roster and how they did last year and how the schedule uh, shapes up. But that's really the biggest point I want to make about this division in particular. You know, there's a lot of kind of nonsense that comes out and breaking down schedules when the schedule is released by the NFL and looking at last year's uh, opponent records is really the worst possible way to look at strength of schedule. One of the best ways I think from a betting perspective is to look at strength of schedule this year based on opponent win totals. And the AFC East has four of the five toughest schedules this season by opponent win totals. And that's because they have to face the AFC West and the NFC East. And that makes for a really brutal schedule when you combine those divisions with the opponents they already have within their own division. It's going to be a gauntlet for each of these teams this year. Keep that in mind because only the top seed gets a buy in the playoffs at this point. And with those schedules, it's going to be tough for any of these teams to get to that point, I think. Yeah, four of the toughest, four of the seven toughest schedules. So all four teams, four of the t- of the seven toughest schedules with the Patriots, actually the toughest schedule in mm-hmm. all of the NFL. Dolphins with the third toughest, Bills with the fourth toughest, and then the Jets with the seventh toughest schedule. If we look at what we're looking at from a conference winner perspective, no Shock to anybody, the Chiefs are your favorite. But then the Bills coming in as the second shot, 5-1 to one to win the AFC. You get a little bit further, the Jets at 11-1. to one. Dolphins also right there at 11-1. to one. And, of course, the Patriots way further down the board there at 35-1. to one. It makes sense to me that the Chiefs are the favorite, Stephen. There is still the DeAndre Hopkins factor that is looming out there right now. As we record this, if you're finding this later on down the line, we don't know where DeAndre Hopkins is going to land. So, If you're catching this after he already lands with a team, 
We don't know quite yet as we do this. And the only reason I mentioned that is because, you know, a couple of teams that at least are in contention in the talks are the Chiefs and the Bills, and they are the two favorites here to win to to win the AFC and the Bills since we're can, since we're focusing here on the East. You know, I think that's a pretty big addition, actually, if the Bills are somehow able to finagle how to land him, because the biggest problem for Josh Allen has been a secondary, a consistent, I should say, secondary receiver. And that has led to frustrations on Diggs' side of things. Gabe Davis has just been up and down and can't really get anything going from that aspect. And so now if you kind of have a 1A, 1B, or if you want to go ahead and consider DeAndre Hopkins the, the number two in that situation with Stephon Diggs, I don't think anyone is going to really look at you sideways here. I do think that does, in my opinion, in a passing league and in a offense that has been able to figure it out without any sort of consistent second contributor, I do think that makes the Bills look at me a little, uh, make me look at the Bills a little bit differently. I agree. I think the Bills need Hopkins more than the Chiefs do. Patrick Mahomes went out and proved that he can win a Super Bowl with the worst receiving core that he's had to date last year against one of the best defenses that we've seen in recent years. So uh, Josh Allen, to me, is the one that really needs uh, another upgraded receiver because behind Stephon Diggs, they really don't have much. Gabe Davis kind of flamed out last year, although he had an injury that he was dealing with in the middle of the season. But if you kind of look at the the advanced metrics on Josh Allen last year, what really stood out is that there was kind of um, you know explosiveness with him from an EPA per play standpoint. But in the games after he returned from that elbow injury, the success rate was an issue. And what you saw kind of looking at the tape is that he was taking far too many deep shots and not taking the layup uh, as often as he should have been. So I think DeAndre Hopkins, you know, was an alpha for most of his career. I think he's developing more into, you know, a shorter route running specialist, big target. Maybe you put him in the big slot, kind of like what we saw with Michael Thomas in his heyday. But if they can get a secondary option to go along with Stefan Diggs' explosiveness in the intermediate and deep game, I think that's a big help to this Buffalo offense uh, moving forward here. Yeah, certainly would make me look at them differently. Now, that being said, they are your favorites to win the division, as you would imagine. Since they're the second favorite to win the conference, you would imagine they're the favorite to win the division. They are plus 115-ish in that range right now to win the AFC East. The Jets at plus 280. The Dolphins at three to one, and then the Patriots bringing up the rear at eight to one. I can't really argue with any of these numbers, Stephen. When you look at it, I think the Patriots are by far the worst team in the division. If you look at their roster, I think it's by far the worst roster in the division. There's that, you know, real big question mark at quarterback: Is Mac Jones bad? I mean, like, you know, we don't really know. We, could it just been like a weird that whole weird offensive coordinator situation that they had going on that just really messed things up, or? Is he just going to be an average to below average quarterback in the NFL? I guess we will find that out. So very hard for me to argue with any of this. If anything, I think maybe the Jets are a little bit too short. I do think there's a pretty, I do think there's a gap between the Bills and the Jets. And I think that there's probably not much of a gap between the Jets and the Dolphins. Again, all things considered, if we have Tua, a healthy Tua out on the field there for this Dolphin squad. So I don't know. I don't know what you think about the divisional odds, but to me, Seems pretty right, in my opinion. I think they're appropriate. Um, I think I would probably still have the Dolphins as the, the second best team in this division mm. because we are still talking about an age 39 quarterback and Aaron Rodgers who's coming off a, a difficult season. So if you kind of look at the range of outcomes, what's more likely for a 39-year-old quarterback to get back to his MVP ways or to kind of still 
trickle his way mm. down the cliff, so to speak. So, I mean, I, I want to start with the Buffalo Bills here. They have an over-under on their win total of 10.5, juiced to minus 130 at BetMGM. If you kind of look at their schedule and break it down, because if you go to the lines.com under the NFL tab, you can check out the lines for every single game this season provided by DraftKings Sportsbook. So it kind of gives us an idea of what the market ratings are of these teams going into the season and more specifically break down game by game of how that schedule looks. We already know it's a difficult schedule for every one of these teams in this division. But if we go individually game by game, we find that the Bills are favored by more than three points in 10 of their 17 games. They're only really projected to lose a game once this season at Kansas City in week 14, where they're a three and a half point dog. And then the other six games are you know, less than three point spread. So mm-hmm. flip a coin in those games typically is what we find. So if they're projected to, to be favored by more than three points in 10 of their games and the over under is 10 and a half, then despite the strength of schedule being difficult on paper, then maybe this team is still being rated to a point where, um, at least in terms of the win total, they're not getting enough respect here. Uh, so I'm with you on that, and, and I'm glad you bring that up because mm-hmm. it's so for me. Yes, the best way for us to project, you know, the strength of schedule certainly to go by what the projected win totals are of their opponents. However, one thing that we see every single NFL season, and you guys will hear us say this at the beginning of every single one of these divisional uh, breakdowns that we do, is teams tend to either overperform or vastly underperform. They rarely are sitting kind of around their number. It's just the way the the way that the way that the NFL works. Either it's a massive injury that occurs, it's a team just plays way above their head, et cetera, et cetera. And so, when I look at this, the reason their schedule is the way that it is is because the Jets and the Dolphins are so highly thought of right now right. in like before the season starts. We assume that Aaron Rodgers at quarterback of the Jets is going to just work seamlessly and he's going to come in and be able to have the chemistry with these re- new receivers and new offensive you know, system and all of that. But we can't say that for certain. You just mentioned Tua, it seems like we're holding our breath every single time he's going to get sacked over the course of this season. And I think that the Patriots are going to be way, way down. So for me... It's definitely an over for the Bills, and it might be an all over actually for the Bills for me in this with this bet. Because I mean, listen, if I can get plus money on an eleven and a half, I can get big time plus money on a twelve and a half. I think that's how I'm going to look at playing this Bills team. And again, I think that only makes a stronger case if, for whatever reason, they're able to land DeAndre Hopkins as well. I think that this really does make this team not only the class of this division, but maybe even hell, maybe even the class of of the whole conference when it comes down to it. And so I'm with you. I like the over here. I think they're being undervalued and I probably will be looking at some all overs, you know, that they are over on DraftKings right now. They don't have the 11 and a half posted. They have the 12 and a half, but you're getting plus two plus two twenty five. you know, on the over, over 12 and a half. So you'd be looking at a 13 and four season from this team that, as you mentioned, is favored in every single game, but one. So, um, for me, definitely the over 10 and a half and over an 11 and a half I would play. And I'd even be tempted, depending on how juicy the plus number is, it maybe even an over 12 and a half based off the fact that I think the Patriots are going to be bad. I don't think the Jets are going to be as great as everyone are making them out to be. And again, one hit away from the Dolphins being a mediocre team. 
I'm glad you brought up alt win total overs and alt win total unders because our senior writer Mo Nawara has been a proponent of this in recent years and has has cashed in big on that. It, it makes a lot of sense. We're, you're more likely to be wrong about a team going into the season than you are when the ratings kind of get ironed out in the middle of the season. So there's a larger range of outcomes going in. And if you look at the Buffalo Bills in particular here, I mean, over 10 and a half, over 11 and a half, if they have 10 games where they're projected to be more than three point favorites and let's just say they win half of the toss-up games mm-hmm. you're, you're at 13 wins right there and to, in my opinion a team like the buffalo bills that we've seen perform at a high level that we know has an elite quarterback we know what we're getting from him year in and year out their defense has been solid, at least above average, maybe not elite, but they had injuries and they're bringing guys like Von Miller back. They add Leonard Floyd, who had nine plus sacks, and they brought back two of their big free agents in Micah Hyde and Jordan Poirier on the secondary. To me, this is the type of team that the market and the line setters are more likely to have correct or have a smaller or at least a more optimistic range of outcomes. Whereas, you know, some of these other teams that people are bullish on going into the season because of new big pieces that have been added, a new quarterback, a new head coach, they could be really good this year. They could outperform expectations like the New York Giants last year going over their win total. But we've seen plenty of cases like the Denver Broncos who vastly underperform their their expectations and their win totals. So I just think a team like Buffalo is more stable year over year when we're trying to look at potentially betting overs on a win total than a team like the New York Jets, who adds a quarterback um, that may or may not ever see the above average years that we've seen in his career in the past. You're listening to the Lines.com Podcast Network. Looking for the latest player props and the best betting odds from the top U.S. sportsbooks all in one place? Then join us right here every day this season for free picks and best bets from the sports betting experts you can trust. Check out the Lines.com NFL Megapod as Matt Brown, Stephen Andrus, and Adam Candy break down every game for this weekend's football slate. Join the Coast to Coast podcast crew Mondays through Fridays as Nate Weitzer and Josh Lander bring you the best player props and game lines for Major League Baseball, the NBA, and the NFL. And tune in to Beat the Closing Line twice a week as Nicole Russo, Mo Nawara, and Eli Hershkovich dive into NFL opening lines, plus special guests from the sports betting world. So subscribe, rate, and review to the Lines Podcast Network, the source you can trust to make you a better sports better. Bet basketball, baseball, or hockey with a risk-free bet up to $600 at BetMGM. Sign up and use bonus code THELINES and you're on your way with the king of sportsbooks. Get the BetMGM app today and use promo code THELINES to make a risk-free bet up to $600. This is a new customer offer. Paid in free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years or older to wager. Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia only. Excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem. Call one 800 522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada, and Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. And 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa and Tennessee. Call or text the red line at 800-889-9789. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Promotional offer not available in Nevada.
So I'm glad that you bring that's a perfect transition, actually, for us as we head into one of those teams that you're talking about. And that is the the New York Jets. And if we take a look at the Jets, they are the second shot, as we just mentioned, to win that division plus 280. If you're looking at them in the east, their win total currently set at nine and a half. Stephen, we mentioned they are one of the toughest schedules. It is the seventh toughest schedule in all of the NFL. And, you know, listen, 10 wins is is it's still a lot of wins in the NFL in a in a tough division with a tough schedule in a league that is striving very very hard for parity right and so i kind of look at this and my only play would be looking at the under for the jets just based off the fact that i think that maybe they're getting a little bit too much steam by coming in and with the Aaron Rodgers deal i mean listen is he still probably is he still probably one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL Yes. Do we know that for certain? We do not. I mean, listen, you get older and Stephen, unfortunately, I know this all too well, man. Every day that goes by father time just kicks you in the ass a little bit more, you know, and and like we have seen guys be good and then take a big step back. You know, I mean, listen, Tom Brady, and this is, you know, greatest of all time. I understand all that, but like the last two seasons of Tom Brady were vastly different than what we saw you know, three years ago out of Tom Brady. I mean, the, these, you just cannot sit there and defy age forever. And so I do wonder if we're honestly going to see every bit of Aaron Rodgers or if we're seeing, you know, 90%, 85% of Aaron Rodgers. And if that's the case, is that going to be good enough to propel this team to 10 wins with, again, a very tough division and a very tough schedule? Yeah, to me, just your opinion and whether you want to bet the New York Jets on an over or under really does boil down entirely to your opinion of Aaron Rodgers this year because I think the rest of the roster we're pretty confident in, right? This is a strong defense with a lot of talent. This is an offense that has good weapons around it, uh, including getting Brees Hall back, who should really help the running game if he's you know back to 100% by halfway through the season. Mm-hmm. If you look at how the market has them rated on a game-by-game basis, again, go to lines.com under the NFL tab. You can find the spreads for every game for every week of the NFL season going into the year. The Jets are only projected to win, to to likely win four of their games. Uh, where, In other words, where they're favored by more than three points. Only four mm-hmm. of the 17 games. 12 of their 17 games are less than three-point spreads complete toss up. So again, what do you believe about this team? You know, one of the the sharper minds out there that I have found is Neil Payne. He's a former editor over at 538 Sports, and he kind of made a range of outcomes for the Jets this season after they got Aaron Rodgers. And on one axis, he put Aaron Rodgers adjusted net yards per attempt. And on the other axis, he put the uh, the Jets defensive rating in terms of simple rating system. And that just looks at a team's point differential and strength of schedule and assigns a rating to it uh, with zero considered average. Well, the Jets had a plus five elite defense last year. So if Rodgers gets back to one of his career best seasons, then then, yeah, the Jets should be a Super Bowl favorite this year when you combine what they do with their defense. But is that really likely in the range of outcomes or is that just the absolute ceiling this year right and to me the more likely situation i think what neil also concluded is that you know rogers had a bad net yards per attempt last year in green bay 
So if you combine that with the Jets defense, then 20 to one is probably fair odds on the Super Bowl for the Jets. Uh, but we're, we're short of that now. 16 to 18 is the best available number. And then even if he is not quite the back-to-back MVP level, but not quite as bad as he was last year, then maybe the fair price is closer to 30 to one on the New York Jets when you consider all of those factors. And then also consider that the AFC is completely loaded with great teams and great quarterbacks. This would be a different situation if the Jets were in the NFC, but that's not what the situation is. So I tend to agree with you, Matt that if I'm going to bet on kind of a coin flip range of outcomes here, I'm probably going to take plus money on unders. So the other way I think that you could bet on a positive uptick for this team without having to just assume they're going to be able to overcome the bills and that, and, or assuming that, you know, good offense is necessarily going to lead to a ton of wins, right? I mean, listen, the win total sitting at nine and a half, you can still go nine and eight. That's a still a, a positive, you know, still over a 500 record and you're not hitting your win total here. So Garrett Wilson's receiving yards is set at 1,150 yards. And Garrett Wilson had 1,103 receiving yards last season with me and you throwing him the ball, right? So <laughs> if you believe that Aaron Rodgers, even if we only get, let's say, 85% of Aaron Rodgers, has to be better than everything that Garrett Wilson was getting thrown his way last year, and he was still able to get to 1,103 yards last season, if he, listen, we should take a step As forward. A As a rookie. Yes, he should take a step forward in his second year in the league. He should be getting much more catchable balls, should be getting much more open with Aaron Rodgers throwing him the ball as well. I think 1,150 yards for Garrett Wilson is a way to bet on the upside of this team without having to just assume that that is always going to equal wins. I think that Garrett Wilson's probably going to have some massive games this year with Aaron Rodgers throwing him the ball. And I think that is something you could look at to kind of play an alternate way to say, like, I believe in the Jets. I believe in this Jets offense. But, you know, maybe the Dolphins are just awesome. And maybe the Bills are just awesome. And, and good offensive production isn't necessarily going to always just equal wins for this team. And, um, you know, Wilson 1150 is, is something I think is pretty interesting. I, I haven't looked at, at too many player props yet for this season. But every, every argument you just made for that makes a lot of sense to me. And, you know, the, the devil's advocate argument would be, well, he put up those yards and playing every single game last year. So is he going to have to play every single game again this year? And I think you, you laid out great arguments that he did that as a rookie last year. So even if he misses a game or two, yeah. Rookies going from year one to year two, typically of Garrett Wilson's caliber always increase their efficiency. And now you have a huge quarterback upgrade as well. So I agree with you on this one for sure. Yeah, and like I said, even in, in even if he does miss a game, I think he's going to end up having a couple of like nuclear games this year where Aaron Rodgers just throws the ball to him, you know, 15 times in the game. He ends up with like 11 for 187 or so, you know, like stuff like that. I think there's going to be a couple of of those type of games thrown in there to where you could you could even stomach him missing a game, maybe even two. Just, and still uh, getting to that just don't get upset if Aaron Rodgers is still giving 20 targets to Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb in New York this year, right? <laughs> and if that's the case, then fade the Jets if he's <laughs> if he's still funneling all the targets those guys' way. Now, the big question mark for the Miami Dolphins certainly is going to be the health of Tua. And, and listen, for me, Stephen, this is why this team, to me, 
in the preseason is just going to be a complete fade, man. I, I, I want to be able to come in and look at this roster and look at what I saw last year and think that they're only going to be able to build on that and think that this Dolphins team has a pretty ridiculously high upside, actually. But the problem is, is that upside is only realized so long as Tua is under center. And so for me, it's a preseason fade, and I hate it. Uh, win total currently set at nine and a half. The under is actually a slightly juiced to minus 120. You're getting even money on the over nine and a half here for this Dolphin squad. I really and truly do like everything about the team other than the fact that, like I said, I'm going to be holding my breath every single time that Tua takes a sack. I'm with you, man. I mean, you talked about alt overs or alt unders in the win total market. This is a perfect example of one right here. Yeah. I mean, why take minus money on nine and a half either way as it is right now at BetMGM and most other books where you can get plus money on an alt over or plus money on an alt under. And if you look at the schedule, um, despite having one of the, the five hardest schedules by opponent win totals this year, they are projected to be more than a three-point favorite in seven of their games. So that's a good starting point if you want to bet the over on a nine and a half. Obviously, that assumes Tua is the quarterback in those seven games. So uh, we'll kind of see how that plays out. And if and when he does get hurt, you and I can have another battle royale about the quality of Mike White, the new starting or new backup quarterback. Say, like, listen, if you're a Mike, listen, if you're a Mike White truther, I mean, you might get the <laughs> chance this year, you know, and there will be no excuses because throwing a Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle is about is about as good as you could ask for. Absolutely. So outside of the seven games are projected to win if 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 two is the quarterback, they do have eight games with spreads of less than three. Uh, so, you know, kind of call those 50, 50 coin flip games. So if they win half of those and they win the games they're supposed to win, then we're at 11 wins and the win total is nine and a half. So um, yes, two is the biggest concern. That's not my only concern though, with the dolphins, their offensive line was not good last year. And maybe that's part of the reason Tua got hit so often uh, they were outside the top 20 in both pass block win rate and pass uh, and, and run block win rate. So they need to come up with some solutions here on the offensive line situation um, due to the Miami Dolphins. What is encouraging is what they did in the offseason, making a huge splash on defense and bringing in Vic Fangio as their defensive coordinator, mm -hmm. winning the competition and the bidding war over a couple of other teams in the NFL. So I do Trading think for Jalen Ramsey. Yeah. I, I don't know if Jalen Ramsey's good anymore, to be honest with you, but it's he was the third be... graded corner by PFF out of 118 last year. So oh, I he mean, was okay. All right. Maybe I'm yeah, thinking, I, I mean, you know, again, that's not end all be all. Of course it's subjective over there at PFF, but I mean, th they're watching every single play and they're comparing these guys to everyone else. And he ended up having the third best grade out of all the 118 corners that qualified. So and you know you what, know, even if, if he if, wasn't great at that high, pair him with Fangio, and I, I should be optimistic on that, right? Like Fangio is one of the great defensive minds in the NFL, even though he took a year off last year after getting let go as a head coach in Denver. And, you know, this is a defense that he's taking over that has a strong pass rush. Even before they added Bradley mm -hmm. Chubb, at the, Chubb at the trade deadline, they were third in pass rush win rate. Even against the run, they were eighth in run stop win rate. So yeah, Jalen Phillips was awesome for them last year. Mm -hmm. Like, like he, he was awesome at getting to the quarterback. Absolutely. What didn't add up is that their past defensive stats weren't very good, but I think adding Fangio and this pass rush that should work itself out this year. Mike McDaniel running the offense. I love the addition uh, at running back uh, 
I forget how to pronounce his last name, Devin Ashane or, or something from Texas A&M. That was a guy that, that Mike McDaniel handpicked in the draft, knowing that Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson are getting a little bit fragile. Uh, love the the running back prowess and, and the pedigree of, of what he picked and what he did with his running backs when he was out in San Francisco. So that should help Tua as well. This is not a team I want to be bullish in the postseason on, to be honest with you, with how strong the top of the AFC is, Matt. But we're talking about stacking wins potentially here. Then I could be talked into taking an alt over on Miami and just hoping that Tua doesn't get hurt. Yeah, like so. I think if you're, I think if you're coming in and you're just playing best case scenario here for this Dolphins team, and that Tua makes the majority of the snaps for this team, um, then yeah, the the alt over is the way to go. I think because as you just mentioned, we're at a 10, 11 wins so long as things just kind of break about even and if they run a little bit above expectation you're getting to that 11 12 type win territory and stuff for them i mean you know look they just the right tackle is going to be what makes or breaks this team we know at left tackle Toronto armstead's awesome but the problem is is tua is left-handed and so mm-hmm. right tackle is actually his blind side as opposed to left tackle so it just kind of kind of rolls things in a different direction right and so are they going to stick with Austin Jackson at right tackle? Are they going to try to do something different? I don't really know what's going to go on there, but you know, look, they can protect Tua from the blind side. All the arguments and everything that everyone to make fun of Tua about two years ago, Steven really and truly came back to haunt him last year because when he was in there, he was on, he was accurate and he was making plays for this Dolphins team. And so you, you put Tyreek Hill, you put Jalen Waddle in there, uh, Raheem Mostert, whenever he's healthy at running back. I mean, like, there's a lot of playmakers. There's a lot of explosiveness. Definitely. And now you add a good corner in there to go along with that pretty good pass rush. It's hard to poke holes in this team other than the unknowns, which the uh, we can't predict injuries. So, I mean, it's like, other than the unknown, it's really hard to poke holes in this team. You know, it would be one thing if we're we're deciding whether we want to, you know, be bullish on this team despite the the injury concerns with Tua if he gets another concussion. If you combine that with the uncertainty of whether or not Tua is actually good at quarterback. I don't have that concern mm-hmm. at this point. I feel confident that if Tua is on the field and healthy, mixed with Mike McDaniel, a Kyle Shanahan disciple, and all of these weapons like you just said, I'm confident that they will play well. And Fangio on top of it now. So I don't have concerns when he's on the field. So if that's the case, then, you know, I know theoretically Tua is more likely to miss extended periods of time mm-hmm. because of concussion history. But really any quarterback is, is yeah. you no none of us have an injury crystal ball. And we no. can't bet based on injury crystal balls. So if that's the case with everything that's in front of us right now on paper, I have to be bullish on this Miami team. Now the team bringing up the rear there is the New England Patriots. And as we mentioned, there was some drama in the offseason. Were they going to stick with Mac Jones? Were they looking at a quarterback maybe in the draft? How did that all play out? And instead, no, it is going to be Mac Jones. They did add Juju Smith-Schuster on the offensive side of the ball. Whatever you think he has left in the tank with, or was he just a product of Patrick Mahomes? We'll find out this year. Uh, because Mac Jones is going to be the quarterback here for this Patriots squad. Now, if you look, it's kind of a checkerboard, right, Steven? I mean, like, there's some talent on the offensive side, and then there's some pretty bad players, and then you look on the defensive side, it's kind of the same deal. Like, there's some talent, there's some guys that are not really all that great as well, and so it kind of comes down to 
Is there any Belichick magic left in the tank? Can he take a team that, again, just from a player-by-player comparison to the other three teams in the division, does have the least amount of talent, certainly has the least amount of talent at the most important position in all of sports, which is quarterback. It leads me to being, you know, really bearish on this team because I am a believer in the Bills. I am a believer in the upside of the Dolphins. And I think that the Jets, at very worst case, is going, they're going to be hovering, I guess, around 500, even if they're, even if they don't live up to expectations. And so that kind of leaves the Patriots out, you know? And, And so for me, a team that I'm going to be looking to fade somewhere, somehow, some way along the way. We're sitting at a win total of seven and a half right now. All right, so let me go by the numbers here, and then you and I can give our opinions on whether we're optimistic or pessimistic about this team this year. Win total is seven and a half. Juice to the over, actually, right now at BetMGM, minus 120. You can get plus 100 on the under. They only have three games where they're going to be favored by more than three and a half points, at least as we stand right now going into the season. They are likely to lose six of their games with where they are more than three, more than three point underdogs. And then they have eight toss up games. So combine that with the fact that we know they have the toughest schedule based on opponent win totals. Now, if you're going to give me the optimistic answer here, you have an adult in the room at offensive coordinator instead of you and me teaming up to yeah. make some ridiculous offensive coordinator situation. This Bill is O'Brien is now in charge of Mac Jones and this offense. And in 2021, Mac Jones as a rookie was above average in adjusted EPA, success rate, and completion percentage over expected with Josh McDaniels as his OC. The defense last year was also pretty darn good despite the offensive issues. Bill Belichick is still a master on defense. They were top five overall by EPA and success rate. That includes against the pass specifically, and they were still above average in stopping the run as well. Mm-hmm. Here's my issue, Matt. They may have had eight wins last year, but those wins were against Mitch Trubisky, Jacoby Brissett, Zach Wilson twice, Sam Ellinger, Colt McCoy, and Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, And you look at the schedule this year, Sam Howell and Anthony Richardson, and that's about it if you want to try and find similar matchups against bad quarterbacks this year. Their schedule is loaded with good quarterbacks. Jalen Hurts, Tua twice, Aaron Rodgers twice, Josh Allen twice, Dak Prescott, Derek Carr, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert. That's 11 games, and I haven't even mentioned Daniel Jones and Russell Wilson on the road two teams that they are rated worse than in the giants Mm -hmm. and the Denver Broncos. That's why the win total is seven and a half. I guess there's been some, some optimism maybe buying the over there because we're at minus minus one twenty on the juice. I am extremely pessimistic about this team, Matt, despite bill O'Brien coming in as the offensive coordinator PFF has it as a below average roster overall. And I'm going to steal your line here before I toss it to you. But at one point last year, you talked about the weapons around Mac Jones, and you said they ain't got no dudes. They still don't have any dudes, man. They replaced Jacoby Myers with Juju Smith-Schuster, and that's about it. So I don't see it, man. I think this might be a team picking in the top five in the draft next year. 
The only bet I made when the lines opened up in for, for week one was the Eagles at four point favorites against the new England Patriots. <laughs> that line has since moved to four and a half. I feel very confident in the Philadelphia Eagles to beat the piss out of the Patriots in week one. I just look around. And like I said, I think Juju Smith Schuster's fine. But I also think when you have Patrick Mahomes throwing you the ball and then you go from that to Mac Jones throwing you the ball. But also like Juju as your number one receiver. Like really? Right. And so for me, I'm with you, man. I'm going to be looking to do some fading here of this Patriots team. I mean, I really am. It's it's just in look, this is not an indictment on Belichick or whatever. Like, look, you just can't keep a team together forever, right? I mean, it just doesn't work that way. And they finally ran out of 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 players, you know? And like I think that you kind of look at this Patriots team. I thought they were going to make a move at quarterback. They ended up not doing it, but I I thought that was really and truly in the cards for the, for them to move on from Mac Jones. I just think things didn't really fall into place for them to move on from him. But, you know, look, Steven, this could get off the rails in New England pretty fast and pretty quick. And it wouldn't even surprise me if we start talking about the Patriots being in the mix for a Caleb Williams or, you know, whatever, whoever the consensus ends up being as the the number two whether it is drake may or someone else but like it wouldn't surprise me if the patriots kind of end up in that conversation at some point should this thing really go south for them so i'm with you on this this as well if i get proven wrong so be it but i think they are definitely the fourth team in this division and fourth team by a pretty decent gap i think it's kind of like one two three and then a pretty big gap down to four where the patriots sit couldn't agree with you more, man. I, I just, I don't see it. Um, you know, I think you could look at their stats last year and especially on defense and explain a lot of it by the terrible quarterbacks they played for at least half their schedule. Um, they beat bad teams and they lost to good teams last year and their mm-hmm. schedule is a hell of a lot harder this year, uh, both in the division and out of the division. So, um, to get to eight and nine for a record here, you're asking a lot of this Patriots team. So I'm going to find ways to be pessimistic about them. Uh, love your week one angle. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to, I, it sucks too. Cause like, I know we're a betting show. We don't do fantasy, but like, I love Ramondre Stevenson. Like he's got no competition. Yeah. I think he's a great dual threat running back, but running backs don't win games in this era of the NFL. Um, and that's, that's just as, as as simple as it gets. And the last point I'll make about this team, you know, I'm a big proponent of looking at offensive line play uh, to help an offense to make sure that they, you know, don't get buried from the start like Stafford did with the Rams last year where he was just dead on arrival. And the Patriots have issues on the offensive line as well. I mean, that used to be one of the elite units in the NFL in recent years. They were 15th in pass block win rate. They were dead last in run block win rate, so couldn't even help Ramondre that much in that aspect um, and they only added three day three draft picks to help that offensive line yeah. in the NFL draft so they ain't got dudes man no and and listen I I I went in in the rosiest of rosy scenarios I could only get them to eight wins which at seven and a half that's that's just an under then for me forever. Like if literally the very best scenario played out and it only gets them barely creeping over the win total, 
then it's got to be an under all day long for me on, on this Patriots team. I think the more likely scenario is a six win team. And um, I think that's kind of what we'll be looking at when it's all said and done here. They're With only the favored. Guys, yep. They're only favored in a, a few games against the saints at home at Las Vegas home against Washington and then a game in Germany against Indianapolis. That's it. And, and you know, what that the saints might be better than we think when it's all said and done too. So right. that, that, that could be, that could be different. Uh, when we get there guys again everything we do absolutely free so if you're listening to the audio version we do appreciate you hitting the pause button real quick going down hitting the little five star rating uh, that does help us climb the chart so we do appreciate that as well and if you're watching us over on the youtube channel go ahead hit that subscribe button down below give us a thumbs up and then if you have any questions or comments we will look at those so leave them in the comment section as well everything we do is free so head over to the lines.com for all the written work that's being done by steven and team over there as well For Steven, I'm Matt. Talk to you guys next week.